the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota will be offering an inner healing retreat October 11th through the 13th with Jane Bars and Mike Schneider of the Matthew Ministry. This retreat, which begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon, offers hope and freedom to those seeking a way out of hurt and sorrow. For more information about the ministry, visit thematthewministry.com. To register for the retreat, call 605-263-1040 or register online at broom-tree.org. If you're having a difficult day or need some support, log on to your CatholicRadioStation.com and click on Prayer Requests. From here, we invite you to send us your prayer needs so we can pray specifically for those intentions. And if you have time, scroll down on the homepage to personally pray for the needs of other members of the RPR family. Visit your CatholicRadioStation.com and click on Prayer Requests. You can also send intentions to us from the main screen of our app. We're blessed to be able to join you in prayer. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor, and each week we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Road, coming to you from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. Now, back to the show. Inspired. Sharing your journey. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. We're coming to you live this morning from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota, and the inspiring... Sound you are hearing this morning is Steve eating. I'm a licking donut. my fingers because I have chocolate on my fingers from this donut. We have donuts and we have coffee available this morning as we continue here. So if you're in the area nearby Wall or uh, the Wall Drug area, which is where we got the donuts, please stop by and say hello and enjoy a donut and a cup of coffee because we're having a great time. It's a beautiful day and. Uh, what else needs to be said, Steve? Well, I would like to. Uh, sorry, I was holding my. my I was muting. <laughs> like, my, did I forget I was, to turn your I mic was on? muting myself there for a second. We'd like to thank Top Bar Contracting, who's serving all of Western South Dakota. Um, Top Bar Contracting provides quality repairs and renovations, and can be reached at 605-269-8444, or you can find them on Facebook. They are underwriting our live broadcast today from wall south dakota so we thank them along with red rock restaurant yeah we really appreciate it it makes things like this possible and uh like i said we're having a great time here it's great to be here so thank you to our sponsors for for helping make it possible so we are going to transition now into visiting with a very special lady who's sitting next to me if you're watching on facebook live and her name is carol hoffman good morning carol good morning guys how are you today doing great good so you are the parish secretary here, and you've been here about three years. Correct. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, well, I'm kind of a, a go-to person. Um, I 
try to help with the books and we do a little bit of yard work. We make sure the bulletin's out, um, clean the church, the rectory, just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, and how was it that you, so you've been here for three years, so mm-hmm. how was it that you came upon this, this position? Well, um, I, good friend of ours had asked me to, if I'd be willing to just do it part-time. And at the time, I was still working full-time. And I said, yeah, I could come back, you know, try it for a little bit. And and I just really love getting into the church and, and how our church works together and being involved in all the aspects, the um, church school and the RCIA and the life teen and, and all that. And I just love getting my hands into into that and getting things ordered and organized and um, I tried it I loved it Uh, Father Tim Hoig asked me if I'd do it on a weekly um, full-time basis and I said yes and it was something I I needed at the time I needed to be more involved in the church and come back fully into the church. Yeah, so this kind of brings us, uh, l- let's take a step back now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we, we want to have you on to, uh, in this inspired segment, it's our inspired where we share inspirational stories of, of coming back to the faith a lot. So you were away from the church for a while? I was. I was, uh, I'd say, probably a good, probably 18 years. Wow. Um, I would come on holy days you know the big ones easter and christmas um usually by myself Mm -hmm. um my husband's a methodist and um so when our kids were growing up we have three boys um when they were growing up i was going to church by myself and he would go to the methodist church and it was just a division there i did not feel comfortable with so um i sacrificed and went with him I got very involved in the Methodist Church. I taught church school. I was head of the women's club for 15-some years. Um, And then we lost our middle son, um, and that's what brought me back. There was something missing, and... It's okay. (laughs) And I knew what it was right away. Talked to Father Leo, um, and he said, yes, it's time. And so we came back um, because of my son. So well, thank you. Thank you for yep. sharing that. And, so, and thank you for crying. <laughs> as, a fellow, as a fellow crier, yep. Yep. we've been crying together a little bit today. But again, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit um, and, 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 and that Holy Spirit working in your life. Um, talk to us, a li- if you're comfortable, a little bit about your son. Uh, so, so Yep. Um, Zane uh, was great. And so are my other two boys. Um, so he just had an accident going home one night and um, was instantly killed. Um, and then I have a, two super daughter-in-laws. Um, Megan is um, so strong in her faith. And she um, just seeing how she brought my older son back um, to the church and raising her family in the Catholic Church just inspired me so much more um, to get involved and to come back um, fully into the church. So Carol, talk to us a little bit. You you mentioned that the the, the death of your son Zane brought you back into the church. Was it the process of 
of having him, his burial and and the grieving, or, or what? What specifically? I would say I was um, angry, mm-hmm. really angry, and, um, and I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to. And um, I went to uh, daily mass, and Father Leo just talked to me afterwards and said, um, "It's okay to be angry." Mm-hmm. We all have to be angry. And um, he just kind of talked me through it. And I was, then I felt just comfortable coming. Yeah. It's our, we have such a loving God who takes us where we're at. And I, and I love Father Leo's um, advice of just being who you are in front of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, and being angry with the Lord, that's okay. I think it's even with our, when our children come to us and say, you know, I'm upset about this, Mom and Dad. <clears throat> we want to know that. Yep. Right, and as loving parents. And our Father is a loving Father, and He, he wants to know how we feel. Rather right. than just coming and saying, okay, I know you want me to feel this way, Lord, so I feel this way. Nah. Right? Right. And, and, and that, that's, that's freeing, isn't that the, kind of a cleansing it thing? It is. And then we've, through Zane's death and me coming back, um, I found a whole new family here. Um, mm-hmm. They've just supported me and my family. Um, my husband, um, we both had a lot of health issues this last few years. Um, and they helped me through it with prayer, and they're the reason why I'm here today. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I can think. Right. Um, it's a miracle I am here. So um, went through cancer treatments and a stem cell transplant, and my church family was here. Uh-huh. Wow. If you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Carol Hoffman here. This is Real Presence Live at the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. We're on the road. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, Programming Coordinator for RPR, joined by Executive Director Steve Splonskowski. Carol, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your your journey with with cancer. Then, uh, obviously, so you were back into the back in the church and, and actively living out your faith. So what was it like for you then as an actively practicing Catholic to find out that, that you had cancer? All I can think of was why. Um, you know, um, we lost Zane, and I thought that was enough. And then my husband has a lot of health issues, mm-hmm. um, working through that, and... And then they diagnosed me with cancer three years ago, and um, right right when I started here. And so um, I don't know. I I I still question why, mm-hmm. but I see um, maybe it's to grow stronger in my faith. I have um, Father Tim Hoig has helped me through this cancer battle, um, and I'm grateful. Yeah. What has that journey been like? So it's, it's obviously it's been three years. So so walk us through what it's been like from discovering to to where you are now. Um, I guess a lot of anger, and through that anger, then I visited, um, like with what I said with Father Tim, um, a lot of prayer. Uh, I slept with the rosary. I prayed the rosary through all treatments um, because I was away from my family because I was down in Houston. Um, And they had a priest come quite often to you, of course, there. Um, And the rosary, wow, um, I can't say enough. 
it was just with me constantly. And um, I think I'm helping one of my sisters come back to the church because of that, because they were with me through it. Um, my husband couldn't travel, um, so my sisters were there through the whole three months that I was gone from from home here. So, um, and through that journey, I think I think I'm stronger. You know. Um, I don't think you need to think that you are. I think yeah. you are. We, we can see <laughs> Thank it. <right> you. Now, <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. So I just say that journey with with my rosary helped. Yeah. Yeah. And you, well, and then you talked about you, you when you came back to the church. You had a family that you didn't know you had. How has yeah. your church family, the parish family, been here for you as well? Um, all the time I was in Houston, I got cards constantly from them. I mean, my sisters were amazed on how much mail I got every every day. Um, there'd always be little notes praying for you and uh, text on messages. You know, we're here for you. The mass is set up for you, and um, it was just great. And then to come back and the hugs and everything through everything through my whole hair loss to a funky wig to <laughs> everything it was great having the family here yeah what, what a difference then right from from the death of your son and feeling alone to going through this cancer journey and knowing that you have people who care a lot about you and love you yeah constantly um they're always asking uh how my husband wally is um, and he struggles. Uh, we were told um, two years ago that he went and last a year, mm -hmm. and he is just determined. He says, "I'm going to give you 40 years of marriage," mm -hmm. and so which will be next year. So, oh wow! Yep. What so, a blessing! Yep. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. That's, a, that's yep. a, a great gift. Well, Carol, I, and, and for our listeners out there, I want you to know the story here. We actually had a different guest scheduled for this time, and they had a funeral they had to go to, and Carol. By the grace of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> step forward. Um, and so this this story, what we're hearing right now from Carol, Carol, I want you to, the Holy Spirit wants people to hear this story. This thank is why you. he arranged this. So thank you for saying yes. Um, and you said yes so many times in the last <laughs> three, four years. Yeah. Um, that's uh, why the Lord is using you, I think. Uh, do, do you recognize, do you think that you're, you kind of see the, you mentioned the struggles, there's anger in the struggles. But as you're telling us the story, I'm seeing how, that those struggles are such a gift to you but to those around you do you see that do you, do you recognize that do you think or no i guess not so, um, much. Not so much no because you, you mentioned that you're you know one of your sisters because of going through the struggle uh -huh. with you is coming back to her faith and to the rosary that wouldn't have yeah. happened without you That's accepting true. that struggle and inviting yeah. her to join you with it right um so it's a what I'm amazed by oftentimes is people who go through difficulties, they end up holding up everybody around them. You know, they're there to hold us mm -hmm. up, but we, you know, the, the person who's actually struggling actually ends up holding everybody up around them as a, it's a gift. And it's so. hard for me to yeah. let people hold me up, yep. I guess. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think I could do it all, and then, and then I get pounded down saying, no, let people help you. Absolutely. Let people help you. Yep. Yeah. It's a good reminder. Because uh, those of us who like to help others need to let others help us, right? Right, yes. A little yeah. bit of a pride thing. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so obviously coming back to your faith and, and living it out now, and you're so involved in the parish, you know, what does it mean for you to be able to use the gifts you've been given by God to serve the parish and serve the church after being away for a number of years? Um, what does it mean? It 
it gives me such joy when I can be here to help everyone. Um, a lot of people might think I'm kind of nosing in on things, <laughs> but <laughs> I just I just love to help with um, being a Eucharistic minister, um, being able to help with the church school when I can, um, and just being a presence, I guess you'd say, when when people need something. I'm I'm just so so thankful that I could actually be there to help them. Yeah, well, and even with this own broadcast, like yeah. when I was talking with Karen, she's like, I've talked to Carol, we, we've got a location set up, we're going to try and find some, you know, some sponsors, some people to help. Like, you were just there, you just, you wanted to help in any way you can, and, and so, you know, being able to give back the way you do, know that we're so grateful, and the people around you are very grateful, because you. using your gifts to serve the Lord, you know, that, that makes us want to reach out, that makes us want to you know, recognize the gifts in our own lives and be able to serve when we see it witness mm-hmm. in our own lives. Yeah. So is your your husband Wally, is he still active in his church or is he more active with He's you? He's active or? in his church. He's, okay. Yep. And yep. so th- that whole journey too has kind of been a kind it, of a boon for his faith too? Yes, it has. Um, he's He was never baptized mm-hmm. um, when we got married. We got married right here in St. Patrick's Church. Um, and then... I think he just seen later on how strong a faith I have, and he decided to go ahead and get baptized, and he attends the Methodist Church regularly, which I'm thankful for, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm glad. I, I think with me being gone so much, um, I have a full-time job along with this uh, church job, um, he's alone a lot, mm. and so, and he's a very avid um, he has his Bible. He's very avid on reading that. And I'd like to think maybe I kind of yeah. helped with that a little bit, you know, because he never was before. Sure. Yeah. So. Most married couples were there to, you know, yep. draw each other to Christ. And, and as we've talked before, the, the goal of this life is heaven. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure that there's a holding and each other up. And yep. And shortness. like I said, my daughter-in-law, Megan, she's so, such a strong Catholic um, and bringing her family up like that um, helps both of us. Yes. yes. So was your son, was he not practicing for a while? or He, he was not until okay. they got married. So what is it like for you to see? It's great. <laughs> it's just great to see him in church. <laughs> yep. And to... Um, to help him with his kids you know they just had their 15th anniversary on tuesday yesterday (laughs) so um that was super um and they're going to have their fifth child here in february so it's great and and that 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 deep love for the faith too is something that you and 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 him can share share. together That, that must be a beautiful thing it is it's great um still praying really hard for my other son um he's not a practicing Catholic. He's mm-hmm. not Catholic. Um, but, you know, I know a couple people here in the church that they prayed for 40 years to have their husbands or loved ones come back, and it and it does. So yeah. it will. Yeah, absolutely. Will. And what blessed men, your son and your yeah. husband, to have such a prayer warrior of a mom and a wife be standing beside them and praying for their salvation. I mean, what a, what a yeah. gift. Yeah. It is. Yep. Every day. Amen. So. 
Well, thank you, Carol, for all that you do yep. and for sharing your story. You're welcome. Especially on short notice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I but made you, it through. <laughs> you did. And, and, and the Holy Spirit has provided and he will continue to let, uh, know of our prayers for you and your, you and your husband, Wally. Um, all of our network, Real Presence Radio, you know, a family out there, make sure that we're praying for one another. And so um, we ask all of our brothers and sisters who are listening right now to throw up a prayer for Wally. Um, for his health and also a prayer for Carol. Um, wh- where are you at in your journey in cancer? Are you? I'm you? in remission. Okay, oh, that's so, great. Um, it's multiple myeloma, so it's a bone cancer. So you okay. don't ever really get rid of it. But um, I take medicine, and I'm in remission. So. Okay, so yep. continued prayers for you, Carol. Thank you. Um, on on that, and and uh, and how many grandchildren do you have now? Um, we have five. Five. Okay. Yep, and one on the way. One on the way. Yes. So excellent. Yep. Well, thank you for being with us. And thank we you. We appreciate your, your help for even setting up here in Wall. We're coming thank to you live, folks, yeah. from Wall, South Dakota, St. Patrick's Catholic Church, today uh, on the road. And uh, what a great blessing to be here. Yeah, we have a lot of great sponsors who have uh, have helped us bring this together. So one of those sponsors is the Red Rock Restaurant and Lounge. Red Rock Restaurant and Lounge in Wall serves locally raised beef and pork daily. They offer catering service for brandings, bull sales, weddings, and reunions. Their number is 605-279-2388. That's 605-279-2388. Again, thanks to our sponsors, Red Rock Restaurant and Top Bar Contracting for helping make this possible. It's time, Steve, to head to another break. But when we return, we're going to talk about what it means to be a chief servant leader. We've got Gene Verant up in Virginia, Minnesota, who's going to join us on the phone to share that story. That's all next, plus a lot more as Real Presence Live on the road continues here from Wall, South Dakota. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live on the road to come from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota on the Real Presence Radio Network. Top Bar Contracting is a family-owned business serving all of western South Dakota. Top Bar Contracting can perform most types of residential, farm and ranch, and light commercial repairs and remodeling, including kitchen, baths, decks, and pole barn repair. They use a strong sleeve for repairing, reinforcing, and replacing wood columns so they will never rot, warp, or twist. For more information, you can call 605-269-8444, or you can find them on Facebook. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. 
Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. Our number is 701-223-2424. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus Mystic Monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. Red Rock Restaurant in Wall, South Dakota serves locally raised beef and pork daily. At Red Rock Restaurant, you can find hamburgers named after each city within 50 miles and a room called the Eagle's Nest for the Wall Eagles. They also offer catering service for brandings, bull sales, weddings, and reunions. Red Rock Restaurant is located at 506 Glen Street and can be reached by calling 605-279-2388. Red Rock Restaurant is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Live on the road on the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live on the road from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. Thanks again to Red Rock Restaurant and Lounge for helping be a sponsor of Real Presence Live on the road here in Wall, South Dakota. We have another great sponsor that's Top Bar Contracting on the Real Presence Radio Network. Top Bar Contracting, serving all of Western South Dakota. Top Bar Contracting provides quality repairs and renovations and can be reached at 605-269-8444 or you can find them on Facebook. So thanks again to Top Bar Contracting and Red Rock Restaurant for being sponsors of Real Presence Live on the road as we continue here from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. Steve? Top of the morning to you, Brandon. Top of the morning to you. And the rest of the day to you. We're here coming to you live from St. Patrick's, and if you're Irish, you know that morning greeting. And uh, we're excited to be here with you. And uh, we're going to now shoot via technology I love um, it. from the phone. We're going to visit with Jean Verant. Good morning, Jean. How are you today? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? We are doing great. We're sitting outside. There's a little little breeze coming up once in a while, um, but it's a beautiful day here in Wall, South Dakota, and you are in Virginia, correct? Virginia, Minnesota. Virginia, yep. Minnesota. So uh, that would take us a long time to drive, so we're just, <laughs> we're just going to use the phone, Gene. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Excellent. So, Gene, uh, talk to us a little bit about yourself, um, your history. You... you uh, you were a principal, and now you're a second grade teacher, but talk to us how you got into teaching from the very, just talk to us a little bit how you got into teaching and your love for teaching. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me. This is like one of the nicest things that ever has happened to me, so uh, I appreciate you reaching out. Um, how did I get into education? Well, um, I just uh, went to, my undergraduate uh, work was done at the University of Minnesota in uh, it was at formerly called medical technology, um, and we were trained to supervise uh, hospital laboratories. 
And so while I was working um, in my field, I was a blood bank supervisor, and um, I had an opportunity to teach students from uh, that were training for a two-year uh, laboratory program. And as I was teaching, I realized, my gosh, I should have been a teacher. Um, and I didn't, you know, at that point, I was immersed in what I was doing, so I didn't know how that was going to happen. But I sought out opportunities where um, I could teach. And so uh, as time went on, I began teaching in our faith formation program. And uh, eventually, um, when uh, I started to have children and I was an at-home, stay-at-home mom, uh, I had more opportunities than uh, with our Catholic school in Virginia to uh, work with children in, in the school. I uh, ended up being hired part-time as an art specialist because I was an amateur artist artist and drew a lot and painted a lot. And so that's how, uh, besides my children being students here, that's how I got my foot in the door with Catholic education. Hmm. That's beautiful. And so you started teaching and then you moved into leadership as a principal um, and we want to talk a little bit about about that transition and then and then a little bit about um, w- servant you know being basically being a mm-hmm. servant leader so so first how did you get how did you become a leader what, what was how that invitation happened and that transition happened well as, as time went on I I took on more and more volunteer responsibilities in our school and I really I don't know. I, the only way I can say is that God laid, laid it on. I, I get real emotional when I talk about this, but God laid it on my heart, our, a love of our Catholic school here. And, okay. That's one all day, right. It's all right. I, I cry too. <laughs> <laughs> one day, I was in my, my children were students here, and I was um, on the school board. I just did everything. Um, and... I was in the shower. I, I told Aaron, I was in the shower one day, and all of a sudden, it just in my head, I don't know if it was my words, the Lord's words, but I just like felt someday you will be the principal of Marquette School. Hmm. And I was like, gee, that's weird. I'm not even a teacher, <laughs> not even a real teacher, a licensed teacher. Uh, but I love to teach, so I time went on. I was we were uh, my husband and I were raising our four children, and got to a point where I um, I was able to really devote myself to going back to school, and so uh, I I was led to the uh, Saint Scholastica, the Graduate Teaching Licensure Program, which I, I give them a little plug because it it just provided the perfect opportunity for me to go back to school, uh, get a teaching license, and then eventually uh, finish up with a master's degree in education. So um, a few years ago, it wasn't too long ago that I started with the program, and and I know that God was with me through it all because I couldn't have done it on my own. It was very, it's a very rigorous program, and um I was just, God just inspired me in so many ways to complete my projects and and brought people my way that supported me, and of course my family was very supportive, so 
Eventually then when I got my teaching license, I was hired uh, at Marquette to teach fifth grade. And then, uh, lo and behold, there was an opening for a principal, and the uh, <laughs> priest at that time asked me if I would take on the principal's position, which, uh, you know, I, I really felt like dreams do come through sometime. They, yeah. they really do. Yeah. And so um, I, I was part, well, part-time principal, part-time teacher, but really full-time both positions, you know. Sure. And so that's how I ended up being the principal here. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking here with Jean Verant. She's a second grade teacher now at Marquette Catholic School in Virginia, Minnesota. This is Real Presence Live on the road from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. Jean, w- when you became and you accepted the position as a principal, did you think back to that moment in the shower where you had this voice come into your head? You had this thought come in that you were going to be a principal someday. I, I did. I did that, and that thought stayed in my heart and mind uh, throughout the years. And but I never knew how it would happen, how it would come about. And so, the only thing I could say is that the the thought wasn't in from my own head. It must have been an inspiration from the Lord that you know guiding me and and supporting me and helping me all along the way. So then you uh, became the principal, and you were mm-hmm. principal for how many years, Jean? I, uh, six years. I was, six. I was, uh, yeah. And I was part of that time. I was t- still teaching art, and I, I, I taught in the classroom a little bit, and then eventually I was uh, full time principal. So, talk to us a little about this phrase, chief servant leader, and what that means to you. Okay. Well, you know, you develop. At first, I was like overwhelmed. You know, I, I had to go back and finish my master's program, and, and. Um, you don't, I don't know if you really consciously think about what kind of leadership style am I going to pursue. It just seemed to make sense to me to be a leader as Christ was a leader, and, and that the best way that I could help our parents and staff and, and uh, families, our uh, students, would be to be a servant and to, um, to really sacrifice my life for them, and that's that's how I saw my role as a principal to to put the students and teachers and staff and their needs first, um, and then my office work came after that. So yeah. I um, I really as I and I read a lot of articles, uh, you know, about what what does the principal do? I, I wasn't um, I was uh, had a master's in education, so my point of view was from an educational standpoint. Uh, but I felt like I could best serve our students by uh, supporting teachers, helping teachers to become better teachers, and problem-solving and helping our students with with their needs in academically, behaviorally, and every way. So, right, Jean, do you have any? Give us a like a a quick picture of like on a daily basis specifically what that looked like to you being that servant leader was it like you mentioned being with your teachers or or what what did that kind of look like give us a picture of that well in the morning we would start our day with uh, a short prayer service and then we'd have a school-wide prayer service on monday every monday morning and then the teachers would join for a quick prayer service and and just kind of touch base uh on any announcements and then i would head down um to our secretary's office which is on the main floor where the students would enter the building every day. So 
I would, um, our secretary and I would greet all the students and parents every, every single morning. We'd, uh, some of the kids would stop in the office and share things that they were concerned about or share their joys or share their struggles. And parents would, we'd have an opportunity to meet with parents a little bit then. And so then, um, after, after everybody got settled in their classroom, then I would start my administrative duties and, and uh, uh, answer phone calls, and, and uh, so I would just respond to the needs as they came up. I yeah. tried to have set aside some office time, but that usually was towards the end of the day where uh, it was quiet in the building, and I could just really concentrate on, on those kinds of things. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, you talked about living in a Christ-like way. I, I really believe that's exactly what Jesus would do, right? He would attend to the needs of those when they needed them, and he would not, it wouldn't wait, right? He, he, would, he right. would attend to those needs immediately as, as he could. How, how, mm-hmm. did you see, how did you see the way that, that you lived your life as, as principal, lived out your role as principal, as a servant leader? How did you see that impact those around you? Well, I what I think the biggest impact was in developing um, relationships, and I think if I was if you were going to ask me what what my favorite part of my job was, it was the relationships that I was able to develop with students, with uh, their parents, with our staff members, and and I just they all taught me so much. Uh, it was um, it wasn't just me helping them; they they taught me so many things. Um, and and I, I found it like just so rewarding to help children when they were struggling academically or behaviorally or they were worried or, you know, and just helping parents solve their problems and helping parents um, with just raising their kids. My kids were older and they'd been in the trenches many years and experienced a lot of the things that they were struggling with. Yeah. Yes. So, Jean, now... You recently mm-hmm. became, went back to teaching as a second grade teacher, is that correct? Yes. Yep. So, so yep. you transitioned from, from a teacher to the servant leader and back to teacher. Um, talk to us a little bit about that transition and, and maybe a little okay. bit why. why. Okay. I, uh, well, I, I recently just read an article by John Bloom just to prepare for this on his blog, Desiring God, and, and I, he really nailed it. I, Throughout the years, I was always asking the Lord, should I continue here? Should I continue? What, you know, just discerning where I, what I should be doing on a constant basis, you know. And I did think sometimes, gee, I had gone back to school, would I ever teach again, you know, be actively in the classroom? And so, um, in this article I read, uh, Mr. Bloom talks about really accepting a time when maybe your leadership is going to transition or, or you're going to move on to something else. And so um, this year, with the help of my family and everything, I, I just felt that uh, I was discerning that I, I needed to kind of move on to a, maybe a little bit less um, stressful uh, position and go into the classroom. I have a new grandchild and it enables it'll enable me to spend more time with my husband and to run down to the cities and see our granddaughter and um, so it was a good time and I, I had always wanted to teach second grade and there was an opening so there were just a number of factors that uh, uh, enabled me to 
to help make a decision to to jump back into the classroom, as I say. So it's, it sounds like Gene that throughout the, all these processes and decisions, you really just kind of had a, a strong prayer life and a, a discerning process that you worked with the Lord on these, and, and He kind of gave you a clear answer. Yes, I, I feel that way. I, I really, truly feel that way. Well, Gene, I, I apologize we're out of time, but thanks so much for, for being on with us this morning and for being that witness, being that servant leader in the classroom, out of the classroom. It's just a great gift. So thanks so much for that. And thank you so much. Alrighty. Well, we got to head to our next break. When we return, we're going to be speaking with the president of the Florida Right to Life, Linda Bell. Why are we talking with her? Well, we'll fill in all those blanks when we return with Real Presence Live on the road from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. Keep it right there. Local, engaging, and on the road, live from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. That's Real Presence Live on the road on the Real Presence Radio Network. Top Bar Contracting is a family-owned business serving all of Western South Dakota. Top Bar Contracting can perform most types of residential, farm and ranch, and light commercial repairs and remodeling, including kitchen, baths, decks, and pole barn repair. They use a strong sleeve for repairing, reinforcing, and replacing wood columns so they will never rot, warp, or twist. For more information, you can call 605-269-8444 or you can find them on Facebook. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor, and each week we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota will be offering an inner healing retreat October 11th through the 13th with Jane Bars and Mike Schneider of the Matthew Ministry. This retreat, which begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon, offers hope and freedom to those seeking a way out of hurt and sorrow. For more information about the ministry, visit thematthewministry.com. To register for the retreat, call 605-263-1040 or register online at broom-tree.org. Choose the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. Red Rock Restaurant in Wall, South Dakota serves locally raised beef and pork daily. At Red Rock Restaurant, you can find hamburgers named after each city within 50 miles and a room called the Eagle's Nest for the Wall Eagles. They also offer catering service for brandings, bull sales, weddings, and reunions. Red Rock Restaurant is located at 506 Glen Street and can be reached by calling 605-279-2388. Red Rock Restaurant is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Live on the road on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the Road, where once a month we bring the show to your community. If you're nearby this morning, stop by to say hello at the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. Now, back to more great stories from the local people you know and love. 
Yes. Please stop by and have some donuts so Steve doesn't keep eating them all. I only had one, Brandon. One? Well, I thought about two others. Does that mean I ate them? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. But Karen did say she just she intake, intook the carbs by looking at the donuts. So. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's not talk about that. Yes. Because uh, I'm getting hungrier. <laughs> but they're good donuts, and uh, we invite you to stop by and say hi. There's actually a number of people here this morning. Yeah. There is it's this like this is like rush hour in Wall, South Dakota, folks. I, yep. And um, so you gotta you know slow down, slow down, and be safe out there. <laughs> and uh, so we're sitting out front of uh, St. Patrick's Catholic Church here in Wall, South Dakota. We thank Father Tony Grossenberg for allowing us to be here, and and for and Carol for setting up uh, all this, um, organizing it for us. And uh, we just we do love the opportunity to come and get uh, to know you all and to spend some time with you. I brought my part of my family with me. Uh, my wife and uh, five of my children are here. And Brandon, we traveled uh, today or yesterday. We traveled from South Dakota and we head or some to Sioux Falls. Yep. And we head back to Sioux Falls this afternoon, um, where we'll have a picnic in town and uh, with uh, some of our uh, friends from the Sioux Falls area as well. And so we thank you for. Uh, being with us and allowing us to be with you. Yeah, yeah, we're having a great time this morning. Steve, I just want to take a moment to reflect a little bit as we wait for Linda to come on the phone. Just reflect on the beautiful stories that that we encounter as we go to the different places on the road. You know, we've been to Virginia, we've been to Jamestown, we're here in Wall, and there's just so many beautiful stories of how the Lord is working in areas where Unless you're there, unless you're visiting with the people, you would never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's inspiring to hear other people. I just think an example of, of Carol this morning, where we didn't have an intended interview, but we, we had a, a gap that the Lord created for us, and we had to fill it, and she was there. And her story was, like, inspiring for all of us. And I know many of you out there are on a day-to-day um, basis just walking the walk and, and uh, journeying on that path. Um, and when we get the opportunity to hear your story, it's inspiring. So um, continue to do that and, and know that you're inspiring people around you as you just make those day-to-day decisions. It may seem like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything, anything special. Guess what? Um, the simple life, the normal life is special, especially when you know <laughs> most people are trying to run from one exciting thing to the next exciting thing. I have that personality. I have to uh, slow myself down. But really, the, the balanced life is one that is day-to-day, making those decisions, stepping in front of the doors, walking through them as the Lord opens them, and just walking with Him every day, every minute. Yeah. And so that's the inspiring life. So if you think your life is boring, it's probably very inspiring for those around you. And uh, just continue to walk that walk. Yeah, and, and we'd love to share your story. As, as I was talking to Carol and Kelly about, you know, you just never know uh, whose story needs to be heard by that one person who might be struggling in the day-to-day, you know, and, and is like, well, you know, what's what's the point, right? What What's the point? What, what fruit is coming from this? Well, there's a lot more than you think. And it's often when you're further down the road and you look back, you can see the Lord and how He has worked and go, oh, okay, that's what He was doing with that. So thanks again to everybody here in Wall at the Church of St. Patrick who have warmly welcomed us. We're having a great time. Father is two thumbs up over there, Father Tony Grossenberg. So thanks again. We do want to transition now into our last interview of the morning. We've got Linda Bell, who's the president of the Florida Right to Life on the line. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. 
How are you this morning? Very well, thank you. How are you? We're doing great. We're here in Wall, South Dakota. It's sunny. It's a beautiful morning. We've got coffee and donuts. It doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. Excellent. So as we uh, begin, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You're the president of Florida Right to Life. Uh, how did you get into that? Oh, my goodness. Well, I've been involved in the Right to Life movement since 1989. So we're right at 30 years now. And actually, it was when I um, became a Christian because uh, I was not for most of my life. became a Christian in my 20s and begin to have my eyes open to become aware of what abortion truly is and not what I had been sold most of my life. At that time, I was in my 20s, so I thought abortion was a right. I thought it was pro-female, you know, pro-woman. And so I began to have my eyes opened, and once I had my eyes opened, there was no turning back, no yeah. turning back. So it was, that was it from then on, and then I became, I went from becoming aware to becoming an absolute activist, if you will, and someone who was very involved on protecting innocent life. Yeah. Well, this morning we're going to talk about one of the challenging aspects of protecting life, right? And that's protecting life through legislation. Can you speak to this on, on a general level, just the challenges that exist in trying to pass legislation to protect life? Well, what, what you're seeing, because you have many levels. You have the state level, and it's always mind-boggling to those of us who are on the side of life when you have a pro-life Republican majority in, let's say, the Senate and the House, yet you can't get pro-life legislation passed. And so what are we doing with our majority? And what I'm seeing now in the Senate and in the House is that we have a pro- and let's jump to a national level. You have a pro-life Senate majority under Mitch McConnell, and you have a radical pro-abortion Congress under Nancy Pelosi. And so getting anything through the Congress at this point is impossible. I mean, you have the most radical of radical in the Congress right now. So the mask has been removed, the cloak has been removed, and now they're not even pretending that they want abortion safely going rare as the mantra used to be. Now they're saying they want abortion everywhere and they want you to pay for it. They want it through all 10 months of pregnancy, for any reason at all, and even when children are born alive as a result of an abortion, they do not want to protect these babies. They do not want to protect these children. And as the numbers are coming out, and we're finding how many babies are actually born alive and left to die, the numbers are staggering. Even with the minimal states reporting those numbers, it's staggering. So the, the left has thought, we can't even get... We can't even get it to the floor where Pelosi rejects it. It's been brought over 90 times, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Act, and they reject it. So it is so mind-boggling that, that anybody today who calls themselves a Christian or who calls themselves pro-life can vote for anybody who is a pro-abortion Democrat because everyone in that House right now is a pro-abortion Democrat. Yeah, you know, you you speak about this and you call it radical insanity, and I think that's a great way to put it. And it seems like, like you said, it's it's an impossible situation, right? Uh, but there's yeah. got to be hope here somewhere, right? There's always hope. There's always hope, and there's the hope that those of us on the on the front lines of this so-called movement, because it's not a movement anymore; it's a lifestyle. So those of us who are out in the forefront, who are fighting for life, who 
who have jobs outside of what we do for life. And what we do for life, many of us, we're volunteers. We just do this because it's a calling. We feel it's important to protect and defend innocent life, certainly from conception until a natural death. So we're not just seeing this on the abortion side. You know, we talked back in the 70s about the slippery slope. And now we're talking about ending the lives of people who are sick through euthanasia. Oh, just now it's very overt. It's, they're not even trying to pretend. And we're, we're seeing legislation all the time. And now we're, we're just as concerned about the end of life as we are about the beginning of life. So it is, it is just a slippery slope. And quite frankly, there's a word that we don't use often, and the word is called evil. Mm. And it is evil to destroy these beautiful children in the womb, and it's evil to destroy the elderly, the sick, and the infirmed at the end of the life as, at the end of life as well. So there are there are many of us that will not we will not give up the fight. And I think there is good news. And so there is something politically called the pro life increment when we're talking about the vote. People that vote pro life or people that are convinced that this is the premier item or issue when they vote on, far outnumber those who are pro-abortion and don't really care that much about the issue. So it is much more politically advantageous for you to be pro-life and get elected than to be pro-abortion and get elected. And so this is very important because the media will certainly try to tell you otherwise. And we certainly understand what we're going through with the media today. They are yep. painting. A, they are painting a picture that is certainly not rooted in reality. I think it's interesting how there's a lot of demonization of those who have a quote unquote they're one issue voters. Uh, those and those of us who are pro life are called one issue voters. But I think there's plenty of one issue voters on other topics that are not quite quite as important. And so, of course, uh, <laughs> of course. But by the way, we're not one issue. Well, there, there's a term for that, and you're right. It's called single issue voting. Yep. What I call it is primary issue voting. It there you is go. the primary issue for me. So, and yep. here's what I have found: almost, almost overwhelmingly, when you're right on life, you tend to be right on everything else I care about. But if you're right on life and you're wrong on a couple other things, I can overlook that because you're right on life. And we had a we had a congresswoman like that when I used to live in South Florida and Miami. We had a congresswoman who was not so great on some other issues. But she was 100% pro-life and never backed down. And for that, we were 100% committed to her. Yeah. So, Linda, we just have a couple minutes remaining here. Now, you're going to be speaking much more on this topic at the upcoming North Dakota Right to Life banquets in Bismarck, Dickinson, and Williston, North Dakota in September. What do you want people listening to know about uh about your visit to that and why it's important to talk about this particular topic at these banquets? Oh, it is so important because it's important to keep this information in the forefront. It's important that the people who are concerned about life know that they have people there that are fighting on the front lines, that they have people that care intimately about this issue and that we're not going away and we're going to continue fighting. And very often, some. People just aren't aware of everything that's happening when it comes to this radical nature of abortion that we're seeing today. And when you begin to inform them of what's happening, they become excited, if you will, about what can they do to change this? What can they do? And so the more people 
that I can help to motivate or help to motivate they become involved in the life issue. And that can be with a fund, giving money. That can be calling your legislators. That can be writing letters to the editor. Whatever that means for that particular person, it is so important that they become engaged. And I hope to impart that upon everybody that I speak to, engagement. That is so important. Yeah, again, these Right to Life banquets are coming up in Bismarck Sunday, September 22nd, Dickinson Monday, September 23rd, and in Williston on Tuesday, September 24th. To register and learn more, you can visit NDRL, that's North Dakota Right to Life, NDRL.org. Linda, thanks so much for being on with us this morning. My pleasure. You guys be blessed. You too. You as well. All right, uh, with this, we're going to, we're uh, winding down our couple hours here in Wall, South Dakota at St. Patrick's Catholic Church. And again, thank you to all those, our local brothers and sisters here in Christ who have welcomed us. And uh, it's been a great show, wonderful show, inspiring show. Continue to live lives of virtue out there, folks. Uh, the difference, I think, in the end here, especially in this life issue, is that um, it it's depends on what your focus is. If you want to, if your life you want to live a life of virtue or you want to live a life with a lot of money? It depends. And if you want virtue, then you value life. If you want money, then you don't value anything except for that. So we need to value life. We need to love one another um, and work together with one another to make this a better world. And so we're going to head back to Fargo, and Aaron's going to talk to us about what's coming up in our next show where we can be inspired and continue to walk this journey. Aaron, what's coming up? Absolutely. So we're coming to you live from the Grand Forks studio with Father James Gross and Father Jason Lever- Leffer. And we will be inspired by sharing the journey of one deacon in the permanent diaconate, there's a, a story to uncover there. Deacon Lesnori, yeah. Yeah, he's great. And we've got Father Leffer and Father Gross for Straight Talk. Betsy Nipkins is going to talk about her, about her relationship with our mother Mary. And we'll also be sitting down with Phil Stone and Emily Luke on the good things happening at the St. Thomas More Catholic Newman Center in Mankato. And we'll have Sister Rebecca Metzger and Elizabeth, she goes by Betty Canavan, to talk about the beautiful things happening in at St. Anne's Guest Home in Grand Forks. All this here coming up on Real Presence, excuse me, Real Presence Live. Right back to you guys. Thanks, Aaron. Did you, did you catch that flyer? <laughs> I you did. Got it? Did you get it? <laughs> it was delicious. Very excellent, excellent. We'll enjoy the donuts. You can enjoy the flies. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> you know, Steve, I just want to mention you were talking about, you know, finding out what you value and living that journey. And that, isn't that what we've seen this morning in the stories that we've heard from Kelly and from Carol and uh, the other folks that we have visited with, Gene, and just this idea of saying yes to the Lord. And once we say yes to the Lord, we, we've seen that he can do amazing things. Yeah, so uh, you know, as we journey together and we can challenge one another and encourage one another to say yes to the Lord, don't be afraid. Fear is what stops us from moving forward every time. If we look back in our lives, it's always fear that stops us from trusting in the Lord and saying yes to his call. So don't be afraid. Move yeah. forward. Say yes. The Lord will fill the gaps and he will fill your life with joy. Thank you for being with us. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the road from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. 
Tune in for an Encore Review show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to watch for our next On the Road show in September. Local, engaging, and live from your local community on the Real Presence Radio Network.